Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 105, presented by Optimex Sports, where we bring you all the latest news from around the ACHA and AAU college hockey. I'm your executive producer and host for the evening, David Herman. Murph is going to be out for the first half of the episode. He's out to dinner tonight with the Barone family. Collins is also enjoying a wonderful dinner himself. He had a great Nike shoot, and in 105 episodes, I don't think there's ever been an episode where it's just been myself and the SPHL superstar himself, Colin Fitzgerald. Fitzy, we're going to toss it over to you real quick how's it going man i'm doing good herm I, I think this is i was thinking back i know we did an episode you me and glick and i think that's the closest we've gotten to just you and me but no this this is fun this is gonna be fun um yeah not, not much going on for me per usual i've gotten back on the tiktok grind i it's, it's so hard to, to push out videos each day for that um i have a lot of ideas in my like notes on my phone but you got to sit down and kind of plan it out and do it I'll, I'll you know obviously i'll keep putting out more but it's, it's so hard to consistently put stuff out each day and i feel like tiktok kind of like knows if you're posting I, I don't know some of my videos did better the more i posted consistently the, the ones on the, the back end of that did better so i don't know if there's something to that but i'm living life and yeah not, not much going on yeah man social media is a black box it, it's just kind of insane to try and theorize and postulate what's going to make something pop off versus what's not you know for me i had a really great trip this weekend back down to westchester i drove to hartford to watch aew with my younger brother alex for those who don't know i'm a really really big wrestling guy I have been since i was really young We'd originally gotten seats in the 100 level, but my younger brother decided to surprise me as a birthday present to make the upgrade to the ringside ones because they really started dropping in prices. We stayed there from the moment the show started until two hours after the show was over for the Ring of Honor tapings. It was just electric. We had so much fun together. It was the first wrestling show that... Alex and I had just done together, uh, third AEW show I had done, and man, do they just never, ever disappoint. That's sick. Is So explain to me, is the AEW replacing like Raw and SmackDown, or is that are those still going on? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go crazy into depth with it, but AEW is kind of like an independent company from WWE. It's, it's made up of a whole bunch of independent wrestlers, some ex-WWE guys that kind of wanted to create an alternative for Raw and SmackDown. It's owned by Tony Khan, who's the son of Shad Khan. Uh, the guys who own the Jacksonville Jaguars, Fulham, and a couple of other properties. And he, he's just like an absolute savant when it comes to wrestling. I am such a big, big fan of what they're doing and, and kind of overhauling the wrestling scene as a whole. All right, enough about AEW. We've got some club hockey news to cover. This is some really, really big news. And we, we kind of alluded to it at the very end of the last podcast for our eagle-eared viewers. Just the fact that the Iowa State Cyclones are back in the ACHA. Per Nicole Hoshik in the Iowa State Daily, the university suspended the team during the 2022-23 academic year. And according to a press release released last year, based on an investigation by the Office of Student Conduct, the team was found to be in violation of the student code of conduct due to hazing. ISU said that they would no longer offer the support that they had in the past, said Stuart Pearson, club president and electrical and computer engineering graduate student. There are a number of avenues that we can take to get the support and infrastructure that we need. We were reinstated officially back in in the very end of May or beginning of June, but there were a lot of roadblocks that we still had to clear to have some semblance of a season this year. Fitzy, your thoughts on all of this? I, I think we've known that some teams have run into these kind of situations and the programs never come back. So it's, it's good to see that they're able to turn it around. The whole situation in and of itself is kind of a you know disappointing to say the least it's it's kind of unfair but i guess in the end it turned out fine so it's obviously a good thing so i'm I'm glad they're they're back and uh should be fun to watch you know we definitely had a whole lot of positive comments on social media one that i saw that stood out was from the iowa state hockey and al murdoch building a dream facebook account and that's dr murdoch like the individual whose name is on the trophy for the acha men's one title a determined group of dedicated students made this possible sounds a little like iowa state hockey back in the 60s and 70s little, little plug for his book by the way just saying it's a must read on the acha bestseller list and from our guys at uco the boys just need a little bit of r&r after five overtimes at nationals welcome back at hockey at iowa state and i know i certainly had the uh i don't know if any of you know that like ptsd dog meme where it's like the the dog and you can kind of see just like the warfare going on in the background because experiencing that five overtime game just as someone who is in the stands i, I don't even and, and shout out click by the way maybe we finally get that uh that waldorf isu rivalry in there now that uh that iowa states can be independent this coming season the people don't know that we uh we actually communicate in our uh hockey house group chat with memes only on some days we just uh we, we make it a strict policy. We had a surprising amount of like 
big talking points this week, by the way. Upcoming this season, we're going to see the Spring Mountain Outdoor Classic between Cutstown and App State December 8th in Schwenksville, Pennsylvania at Spring Mountain Ice. They did a really, really sick graphic, by the way. College Hockey South also has an upcoming tournament in November. Battle at the Beach just dropped their schedule for November 3rd and 4th at the Advent Health Center Ice in Tampa, Florida. Teams competing in that are going to be Florida Atlantic, Tampa's Division II AAU team, USF, and UCF. Backed on their success at the AC ACHA men's two-level Loyola Marymount is now adding an ACHA D3 team, which will be in play in the 23-24 season. Great news for Rutgers Hockey's AAU team as they held their inaugural prospect day and had 40-plus attendees come out. Stick taps them. Really excited that they're continuing to grow their program as well. And then in jersey reveal news, UNT, the University of North Texas, dropped a nice little jersey set, nice little pose around campus, and it was really cool to see just because I had an internship out there when I was in college, so uh, it's always nice to see the uh, the Mean Green doing big things. Fitzy, your thoughts on the jerseys? You had an internship down here? That's sick. I think the jerseys are sick. I think my favorite part of it is the little pack on the side the mean green and then you got the texas flag on the other shoulder these are clean they, they get the job done i like them a lot yeah unt's green specifically is one of the most distinctive in college sports speaking of communicating in memes in the hockey house group chat there was one thing that murph had sent that was like a color spectrum of greens all across college athletics and i think the first one that i clocked immediately was unt's just because i had spent so much time editing graphics with that green it's a, it's a really cool thing to see him doing well In other news, DePaul also had a phenomenal ad for Old Crow Smokehouse. It was very, very Mighty Ducks-esque. It it was knocked out of the park. Some phenomenal videography and drone work from Brenton Wads, who always, always is on point. DePaul does it right. I get a little salty when I see them doing their stuff just because I feel like our my Indiana team when I was there, we didn't, you know, utilize the same kind of things. Felt like we had a, a better hockey team talent wise and some other teams also have better teams talent wise, but beside the point, they, they do it they do it right. And I, I had a lot of buddies on the team, I still do, so I got no problem poking fun at them, but uh they do it right. I was thinking too, I'm surprised more teams don't do that kind of a um, you know, partnership or collaboration. Um, like I was thinking the the famous bar at Indiana's campus is called Kilroy's and like I'm sure they would be totally down to do something with the hockey team and you could make a killer uh, video like DePaul did here. All it takes is just the resources and investing in social to make something like that happen. You know, you don't know if you don't ask. And all you have to do is go to a business with some sort of concrete plan, a dollar amount, and say we're doing X, Y, Z, and this is why it's a mutually beneficial partnership. And then we get incredible content like DePaul was able to put out, you know? In other news, coming up this week is something I'm very, very excited about. We've been talking about it internally for a long time now, but we just finalized it. And I think by the time that you hear this, Uh, I think in a couple hours after it posts, it should be live. That is the Hockey House Photo of the Year competition. I was kind of just inspired to put it together because there really is no hockey photo contest, I think at any level. And I kind of just wanted to provide a platform for photographers to really showcase their work and show that the ACHA and AAU college hockey are a real proving ground for incredible talent. Hopefully someone who wins it is able to parlay it into having a resume with a job with a pro team. I don't know. I think it's going to be a really, really fun opportunity for photographers all around the country. So just a little insight on what's going to happen. There are going to be six categories that get shortlisted from submitted entries. Got an incredible panel of judges. They're going to vote on it on a 1 through 10 scale. That will seed photos for public voting on the Instagram story. The top winner and nine others will be their own feed post in their respective individual category. All six of the categories will feed into an umbrella one that's going to be decided on as an objective pick for the best in the competition, best photo of the year. The really cool thing is that it's not just for exposure. Every single winner of the category is going to win a $100 prize. There's no strings attached to it. The overall winner of the umbrella category is going to win either $100 or $100. $150, depending on how much we can add to the prize pool. I'm really excited for the photographers to have some sort of monetary reward in order to do this. Obviously, it's year one. I'd love to bump that up, maybe get a big brand involved. We're excited to see it grow from here. I'll be sure to submit my photos that I've taken. Typically, we just kind of have stick taps and we're able to combine some of the player movement. In this week's edition, we have so much that we're doing its own segment for on the move. We had a whole bunch of ACHA to the Fed signings. Dan Stone of Adrian College's men's Division One team just signed with the Binghamton Black Bears, fits his former home. In 112 games played, he scored 66 points over four years. That makes him the fourth 
fourth Adrian Men's One alumni on the roster joining Connor Smith, Brendan Stanko, and, and Dakota Bond. The Binghamton Bulldogs stay strong. I think we got to just see those yellow, black, and white alternate jerseys coming soon, you know? Fitzy wore the yellow and brown ones. I just think that there's enough on the roster that it can justify its own specialty jersey. Maybe Adrian College purchases just like a minority stake in the team at this point. I don't know. There's got to be some way. I think we could make up like you wear the we're going to wear the jersey colors tonight of the most represented college on the team. And then, bam, Adrian's got it in the bag. No, this is this is sick. I obviously got to play with Stanko and Smith. Great guys. You know, maybe I will get to play with the other two in the future. But um, it's funny that uh, we used to have these ACHA lunches actually every every Tuesday at Binghamton. And it used to just be me and Austin Thompson. He was a Davenport guy called the Acha lunches. And nobody else was allowed to come unless you played Acha. So it was just it was me, Thompson, Smith and uh, Stanks. They they used to joke around. I remember Stanko saying he's like, well, Fitz, you know, uh, or he crawled so that we could walk. He's like, we're walking so that our, you know, future teammates can run. I, I thought that was pretty funny and cool, too, at the same time that uh, they kind of look up to me like that. But no, this is this is awesome. And I hope it hope it keeps going. And ACHA just continues to grow like this and get recognized. And it's all about carving a path and leaving a legacy for those who follow you. What I hope the Hockey House is able to accomplish in five, 10 years, people won't even know a negative stigma when it comes to the ACHA or AAU college hockey. It'll be like, yeah, that's the ACHA and that'll be what it'll be. And it'll be a completely different thing. I'm, I'm hoping that you are able to blaze that trail for other ACHA to the Fed guys. Clearly, as we go on this list, two more from UCO, it's a strong pipeline as it is. Tristan Wells signed a PTO with the Baton Rouge Zydeco, which is one of the craziest names in hockey history. Three consonants in a row for a team name. That's nuts wild i had to look it up i didn't even know it's like a, a rhythm and blues like music type thing i had no idea uh I had nothing didn't know anything about it so yeah i think it's pretty cool and then the second one out of UCO was Nico Hemming, who signed a PTO with the Watertown Wolves. We spotlighted him last season for his absolutely insane fight against Colorado State. Nico just absolutely pounded on these guys in one of the most viewed fights that I think we've ever posted. Nico was in juniors at the same time at the Vermont Lumberjacks organization and the Connecticut Chiefs as my younger brother was. So it's always been kind of cool just because they were friendly to see how his teammates have kind of spread out across the ACHA and AAU landscape. So when I saw it was his name when we originally got the clip, I got super, super excited. So really happy for Nico for him to make this move. We also had a couple of NCAA D3 to ACHA transfers, which are always very, very exciting. Braden Logue went from the University of Southern Maine to Kentucky ACHA Men's 2. That is two weeks in a row if you're keeping track at home that the Wildcats have made big, big splashes in the transfer portal. Last week from Indiana Tech, M1, and now from Southern Maine. They've got to be loading up this season for a, a push at the national championship. I mean, it, it, things are good right now in Lexington. And then Rowan Nasty, which is an all-time hockey name, by the way, she made the move from Curry College at the NCAA D3 level to Colorado. The Buffaloes ACHA Women's One, super excited for her. Her Instagram post got a ton of love. We're always excited to cover those big moves on the women's side of the game as well. Kyle McNair made the move from Lawrence University to Maryville. They're loading up the goalie position. I mean, they could be a serious, serious top 10 threat this year. And then Arizona State had an NOJHL commit, Hunter Friesen, who split the season with the Espanola Paper Kings and Sioux Eagles. That is 36 points in 52 games. I mean, it is deep out west. That WCHL is loaded with talent. In international moves, we had Maxim Samoilovich, who made the jump from Mercyhurst ACHA Men's 1 to Kipo. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, which is in the Ile Division, which is the fifth tier of Finnish hockey. And we're super excited for him to go overseas and continue his hockey dreams over there. And then a little bit close to home, we've got Nick Spina making the jump from the ACHA to the AHL here in Utica with the Comets in UCFC. Nick is going to be our videographer, and he's had previous experience working with Marist Hockey, Marist Athletics, and had an internship with the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA. I am so, so excited for him to get started with the comments in UCFC. It is going to be a dream team working together with him. There were so, so many talented people that applied for that position, and the competition was so stiff down to the wire. Cannot go wrong with Nick, though. Also close to home, uh, we have a, a coaching opportunity with the Utica Junior Comets as a head coach position for the USPHL Premier Team and as an assistant coach with the NCDC team. 
We posted it on our story, but you can check it out on Teamwork as well. We will throw it in our link in bio if you are interested in applying. Some stick taps this week. We had double stick taps for Hunter Flores, and I'm just doing this right after the On The Move section because it's kind of adjacent to it, so we missed his transfer about a month ago from Iowa State to Maryville. Hunter Flores, by the way, just tore up the Bobcats when he went to Bird as a freshman. I I remember watching and being like, who is this guy? I cannot believe this. He won the Maryville Saints Summer Workout Challenge by getting in a quick workout, I I kid you not, while fighting Canadian wildfires. it's, It's insane. Like, he's got the backpack on. You can see kind of just the smoky atmosphere in the background. It is an insane video that we're probably gonna have to post in the near future. So, so sick. The Women's Delaware Valley College Hockey Conference. That's a mouthful. The DBCHC welcomes Sarah Barshap as an assistant commissioner. And I'm sad that Collins isn't here for it because Sarah is a 2023 graduate of Villanova University and a former team president of Weiss, their women's team. I believe Collins has spoken highly about her on the pod before. She's going to be working closely with DVCHC Commissioner Taylor Hadley, contributing to initiatives to support growing the DVCHC's overall brand and promoting member teams. Additionally, Barshap will continue to serve as assistant coach and media director for the Villanova team. And as always, this week's episode is brought to you by Optimex Sports. Optimex Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. The best part is that these guys know club hockey. Be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral code at optimexsports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod. Optimex recently released a new feature and we're still super excited about it. It's been in the works for some time now. You can now add a team store to your site and sell tickets, merchandise, and even make payments. Just a couple hours ago, Texas A&M launched their website. We threw them up on the story and we're really, really excited to see them get that going. This week's guest, we got Billy Zegris of UCLA's ACHA men's two team and Brady Zegris from Ole Miss in AAU college hockey. We're going to throw it over to them with their interview with Murph right now. We're pleased to be joined by former UCLA Bruin defenseman Billy Zegris and former Ole Miss Rebel forward Bray Zegris. Billy, Brady, welcome to the Hockey House Pod. Thanks, Murph. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Happy to be here. This is a long time coming, Brady. Before you jumped on, Billy and I were talking. I think it was two years ago that we had asked you guys to come on, and Billy was saying it was during the NHL bubble. That's how long ago it was. I remember me and Brady were sitting on our back porch watching, uh, I think it was Tampa, Dallas. It doesn't sound right, but happy to be on it this time. Brady, we'll go over to you. I mean, congrats on, on graduating. Like, what, what are you up to now? I'm back in uh, South Florida, kind of just figuring it out at my parents' house. Um, you know, looking for that next step, trying to play some hockey while I'm down here. You know, haven't really been up to much, just figuring out that next step. Are you missing the days at Ole Miss already, or do you think it's going to hit when football season comes around? Nah, I mean, it's already kind of hitting. My little brother, who's going into his junior year there, he just left two days ago to go back and move in. It's usually around the time of the year when I'm coming back, so so it's definitely it's, it's new, something to get used to. Yeah, damn jealous, Brady. Billy, what are you up to these days? Living the dream, working a full-time job, nothing better. I was at live up in Stanford now. Just working in finance, uh, playing men's league when I can. Got a good group of guys. Actually, my men's league team, a lot of Syracuse guys. Pretty good group of dudes there. And then um, coach youth hockey in my spare time on the weekends. Coach from at Fairfield. There we go. Not a bad program to coach for. Who? Any recent Syracuse guys on the team? My future roommate, actually, Lucas Prestamo, is on the team. Uh, the captain is Rob Van Ramsdonk. If I said that his last name right. Sorry, Rob, if I didn't. But sure, yeah, so there's like four or five Syracuse guys. And they're all pretty recent, like last three or four years. Yeah, I got to live with Stamo. I'm actually making plans to meet up with him in a little bit oh, here no before way. I leave, leave for the city. Yeah, Stamo's a beauty. We used to call him the house mom. Why'd you call him the house mom? When COVID hit, he stopped taking classes so that he could have like a real senior year. So he was just like working at the rink. So like during the day when we were all at class, like he was just like around the house cleaning, like making sure the house was in tip top shape. <laughs> That's so huge to hear because he's working from home. He told us, me and my other roommate, Ryan Wilson, who went, he was an Amherst guy. But Lucas is like, yeah, working from home. Like I'll just be here all day. Me not around in the office. So nice to hear he'll be cleaning while we're gone. Yeah. Very good roommate. You're in good yeah. hands. Yeah. I played, I played uh, midgets with Persano. So full re- reunion there. So. You guys were were kind of telling me beforehand, but let's get into like your minor hockey careers. Billy, you're you're the oldest, so I'll throw it over to you. Like, where did you grow up playing hockey? I know you went to prep school. Like, what led you down that path? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a journey. Grew up playing for Fairfield here in the 
you know, Fairfield County area, Connecticut. So I was on the 99s. Brady and Trevor were on the 01s. When I was like 12, I think it was Pee Wee minor year, moved to San Diego. Um, so we lived in North County, San Diego, and just uh, the team down there was a San Diego Junior Goals. Great program, really locking down the uh, youth hockey scene in San Diego, which is great. Actually, shockingly high number of prospects coming out of that area now. Um, there's a good group of guys down there who, who came up together from like the 96, I want to say, to like the 04 birth years. Um, everyone down there works out together and whatnot. But, so I played there for a few years. Came back to Massachusetts, played for the Minutemen Flames for a couple of years. Played for my high school, St. John's High, so get, got them a shout out. I was there for a year. And then... Um, after my sophomore year of high school, family was like, we're moving back to California. Got to make a choice here. Like, do you want to go to prep school? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Ended up signing on Berkshire. Had a great three years. <laughs> Never really a standout. So when I got into UCLA and I was like, I can play club hockey there. I was like, let's go. That's perfect. I, I saw on Instagram, you were you were tagged in one of Trevor's posts when he was at Avon. How many times did you guys get to play against each other? We only played him once while he was there and they beat us like seven to two. And he scored, I think he scored two or three goals. And the goal he that picture he tagged me in, I'm pretty sure I was on the ice, like got burned or something second, you know, minutes before. So nice little uh backhand chirp there, but I'll take any tag I can get from that kid. <laughs> so Brady, you were in 01, so you got to play with, with Trevor growing up. What teams were you playing on growing up? Pretty much the same story as Billy. Grew up Connecticut, played for Mid Fairfield. That was, you know, for a while there, and then moved out to California, played for the junior goals. Uh, it was when I was in middle school. I played for Minimum Flames in Massachusetts. It was a fun two years, good group of guys, and being back on the East Coast. Kind of that little crossroads Billy was talking about between going back to California or playing prep school. I took the took the other route and went back to California. Kept playing club hockey out there and then kind of got a little burned out my junior, kind of senior year. I was playing varsity lacrosse at the time. Like I just didn't really, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. And so I quit playing club hockey and I played, it was like a new Southern California, like high school hockey league, like being sponsored by the Anaheim Ducks. So I went and tore that up for a couple of years and then <laughs> just picking colleges, didn't want to stay in California, went toward Toward Ole Miss, loved it. And that's kind of where I ended up. They didn't really know they had a hockey team uh, until I was visiting and just randomly got got a message from them. And they were like, yo, come out, meet a couple of the guys. And I didn't really know Acha was a thing until then either. So I was really thankful for that. Didn't ever think I'd see myself playing hockey down in Mississippi. Dude, Brady, I don't think I ever actually asked you this, but how did you end up going to Ole Miss? Like, it's just so random to me. I, I was between here and like Alabama. And I mean, I looked at Clemson, didn't like that. Auburn, I didn't really like that. It was really down to Ole Miss and Bama, you know. Ole Miss was like, had the big feeling, but small town. I didn't know the Grove was a thing or like the partying or anything, which is like a big like factor. I feel like a lot of people's decisions. I just kind of really liked it all. And I was like, you know, this place is pretty cool. And then everything else was just an added benefit at the end. That's like a good answer for the parents too. Like, like, oh, yeah. I promise <laughs> I didn't know about the Grove. Like, <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't attention to, like, colleges and stuff leading up to actually going to college. Like, I knew Alabama was really good at football, but that was about it. They call this guy the mayor of Oxford now. No. He had a good four years. Yeah, it was fun. Four years and out. It sounds like the plot of a movie. You got, like, the two brothers. One decides to stay on the East Coast. One goes out West, and then they swap for college. One goes out West for college. One goes to the Southeast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I worked out in the end, yeah. Billy, why don't you, you start? What was your welcome to the ACHA moment at UCLA? Probably when we went to the first tryout. It wasn't, I don't think it was a tryout my freshman year. It was like, a, hey, if you can skate, please come. And we got picked up by the captain, who's actually like one of my like absolute, one of the best guys in the world, Matt Bowman, picked us up in the club sports fan at UCLA. And it was like this, like, Early 2000s, 12-seater van. We threw our bags in the back, and Captain drove us all to practice. That was the only way you could get there. And I was like, this is what I have to look forward to for the next four years. 10.30 p.m. practices, driving up the Ventura Highway at 405 in a sketchy-ass van, and got to do it because you love the game. You were probably questioning how much you love the game at that point, right? Oh, yeah. It comes a point where, like, in college, after 10 p.m., you're like, I have to go do something physical 45 minutes away makes you question everything. It's worked for these guys in Ole Miss. They get to drive like an hour and a half. Pray for them. That, that's a, that's just, that sounds like a horrible commute, Billy, but I mean, we had it pretty tough too. I feel like a lot of the club teams too, but that was kind of like me coming in as a little freshman, kind of wondering how the where the ring's going to be and all that. 
Turns out and there's no rink in Oxford, Mississippi or nearby. We would drive about 55 minutes north up towards Memphis to an old barn, like an old barn that got remade into a, an ice hockey rink. And that's where we'd play. And it was, it was really greasy and the, the locker rooms were tiny and the most Mississippi idea of hockey you could have. And I mean, we loved every minute of it, but going in after, you know, being on pretty good ice in high school and all of that, I was like, dang, like it's going to be the next four years on this. You know, there's warm ice and these little makeshift locker rooms in this in this old barn house. Not to mention, practice was at like 10 p.m. So get off the ice at like 11:30, and then an hour drive home back to back to Oxford. We're there at like 1 a.m. 1:15. See, that's why I I wanted to have you guys on because. I just think like your relationship with Trevor, like you watch like him and all everything he's doing. And like, you just get both sides of the hockey spectrum, right? Like if you don't play club hockey, you don't know what guys in the ACHA and now the AAU are going through. What does he think of these stories when you talk about like driving on in a campus van an hour and a half away to the rink? I mean, this was one of those things you probably just don't tell them. You're just like, hey, playing for UCLA is great. And uh, can I have tickets to your next game, please? You know, I'd love to come. He thinks it's a, he thinks it's pretty funny, I bet. I mean, it's, it's nothing anything he's ever had to experience. I mean, playing for Team USA and all that. They weren't riding in those little vans or having to bunk up four guys deep in a hotel room so you know, one guy's sleeping in the, in the bathtub in the bathroom it's cool it's cool to see like the grittiness of it though and the fact that it's, it's the same game being played regardless if you're driving in a you know pos van for 50 minutes or you're taking a pj into los angeles international to go play the kings <laughs> on a thursday night you're still playing hockey and that's the beauty of it right definitely and so like i mean you guys growing up playing for the gulls Billy, you had this on talking about earlier, but like, how cool was that to see Trevor get drafted by the Ducks? Like, like what a coincidence that was. I mean, I think it was just it was way cooler to see him get drafted. Me and Brady were huge Rangers fans just because we grew up around here. Our dad's from the Bronx. We're Rangers, Yankees, Giants through and through. But to see him get drafted by Anaheim was it was really cool for me because I was in I was in Los Angeles for the lack of hockey knowledge that town has, like it was a little more relevant and you could go see a lot of his games and stuff. But yeah, I think just seeing him get drafted at all was, you know, one of the coolest, cooler things that's happened I mean, to me, even though it even happened to me. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't even, I don't even think any of us even really expected him to go to Anaheim. I think he was predicted to go higher and that's where we were all, we were all expecting. I think it was the, the Red Wings, they took Moritz or somebody. I mean, it was pretty cool. We moved away like a year and a half after he got drafted uh, during COVID. Myself and my younger brothers, we never got to catch a game out there. But That was a weird time, right? Because he got drafted and then COVID happened the year after. So, I mean, um, did you ever get to see a game, Brady, like down in San Diego? No. No, never. Billy, you got two seasons under your belt before COVID hit. Like, what was UCLA hockey like pre-COVID? Like, what were some memories you had? I saw there was – it looked like a championship picture with a trophy and you guys in the, the old uniforms. Was that from your freshman year? Yeah. No, that was my uh, sophomore year. Freshman year, we stank. And honestly, sophomore year, we were also pretty bad. That picture is from the Crosstown Cup. Um, it's a five-game series. We play against SC uh, every year. Not the real USC, the one out in Los Angeles. We won it my sophomore year, and that was you know, up until that point in my college career, the highlight of it. So I had to throw that picture up. And, you know, every time you beat USC, you want to take a little bit of a victory lap. But yeah, the team, I mean, very close team before COVID. Just a bunch of guys really trying to, you know, first and foremost, you know, make sure everyone's having fun playing hockey. And you know, really, really respect the seniors who ran the team back then for giving us that opportunity. But, you know, we weren't, we weren't great, but, uh, you know, great group of people play with. Couldn't have been happier that we actually did win a Crosstown Cup before everything went to shit. Now, I've seen videos. Did you get to play in any of those games at the Staples Center? Yeah, I played in two of those. They're cool pictures and cool videos, but those games stank. I did not, I was not a fan of those. Was that just because it was like hot? Was it quiet? Because it was like, you know, 200 people in Staples Center? Yeah, it was like, so we played after, like they would play like the Islanders on a Tuesday at like 7.30 p.m. And we go and we have to stay and watch the whole game. And at like 10, they bring you down to the locker room. You get changed and you go out there and you have the ice from like 11 to 12. And that's it. So you don't finish a game in an hour. You're not finishing the game. But it's like right after an NHL game. So the ice is not great. And there's, there's nobody in there but the, like the cleaning staff, like, you know, picking up all the popcorn and stuff. And uh, it's just it's a really hard game to get up for after you realize like, oh, this is going to be a grind for the next hour. And then we're going to be going home at like 1 a.m. too. The things we do for the ACHA. And I'm not going to be complaining about playing in an NHL rink. I'm such a loser. 
Well, let's let's throw it over to Brady because he also had a, a sick picture on the Instagram of his championship team from his freshman year. Maybe a little bit bigger deal winning than SEC title. How was that? Like, I mean, that's got to be a, a, a top five moment in your college career. Oh, easily. I mean, it's also something not to take for granted. I mean, I got to slip in there just as a little 18-year-old and uh, be there along for the journey for winning the program's first SEC championship. You know, definitely got to shout out the older guys that, you know, fought for it and dug in every year. You know, some of them for five years even. Doing whatever it took. But it was it was awesome. It's my first time, you know, in the Acha. And, I mean, that was before we switched over to, I think it was the CHF and then the AAU. Still in the Acha and going around. And, you know, of course, I'm learning everything as, as we go. You know, I'm seeing all these other schools like, oh, Alabama's got a team. Georgia's got a team. Like, you know, I was, I was still really new to it all and realizing there's an SEC championship, you know. Of course, it's like club sports. But, like, I mean, people in Oxford, they don't know a lot about hockey. Like the, the fact that it was club sports didn't matter to them. They just saw hockey and they would see a championship or a trophy or something and they'd lose their minds. And so when we won that, I mean, it was big for us. We weren't, we were winning us a sixth seed that year. Uh, had a pretty, had a pretty rough season. Nobody really expected us to do anything. I mean, I'd say most of the league hated us at that point. We're known as like the chippy guys. You didn't really want to play us, but it was a lot of fun. Won that trophy and then went back to Oxford and kind of just were champions for a week. I mean, everybody was like, damn, like knew who we were. Uh, it was a really big bar in town, the library, and they had a big banner that said Ole Miss Hockey 2019 champs. They left it hanging up for like maybe four or five months. I mean, it was it was fun. Coming into college my first year was definitely really fun to be a part of. And of course, we got to sneak it in. I think it was probably two months later that COVID happened when we had left for uh, regionals for go to nationals. So just got to sneak it in there and enjoy it for a little for a little minute. Yeah, you were like, this is sick. Like you guys, you should do this every year, right? Like this is awesome. They were they were letting us do so much stuff. I mean, I was like, yeah, like come on, guys. Like next year, run it back. Like why not? <laughs> Keep going. I saw we got to give the goalie credit because I saw a photo today. You guys won three to one, and I think the goalie had fifty one saves against Arkansas. Who who? Do we give a shout out to the tendy? So our, our tendy Ryan Troy. I mean, he was a he was a freshman too. Uh, he was a rook just like me, and uh, he we we really fell on him hard for the championship game and the semifinal. I mean, his performance throughout the whole tournament was amazing. But that championship game against Arkansas, I mean, they were firing shots at him from every direction, and I mean, he stood on his head for us. Uh, he won the MVP that tournament too, so he got a big trophy out of it. He he's legit. And I saw. Correct me if I'm wrong. Does Ole Miss have the Walk of Champions? Is that the famous? Yeah, that's uh, through the Grove. It goes all the way from like the start of the Grove by our student union, and it goes all the way through campus, like all the way to the uh, gate of the stadium. Because I saw you guys got rings for it too, which is really cool. And then kind of delayed because of COVID was a picture with everybody in front of that with their rings and their masks on. Did you get your a ring? Yeah, I got my ring. It's uh, it's upstairs. I keep it, I keep it tucked away. But uh, I got, I got a ring. They got inscribed. Our, uh, our saying that year was the road is home because we had so many uh road trips that year. Got that inscribed on the inside of it, uh, name and number and everything. They were nice. Yeah, that'll look real good on on the trophy case someday when your kid's looking up and you know <laughs> he's like, my, my my dad was an SEC champion. Yeah, oh, big time. I mean, our trophy, the league trophy they gave us, it's still sitting up in the uh, the, the bar of the library. It's our biggest sponsor. It's still uh, sitting up there four years later. They wouldn't give it back to the league. The league, the league was begging us, and we're like, ah, sorry. like <laughs> They won't give it back. <laughs> they had to make a new one. They, they had to make a new trophy, and they had to give the league a new name too. Yeah, <laughs> they, just had to, they had to start over. Flipping from one side of, of the pandemic to the other side of the pandemic, Billy, walk us through like what – I mean, were you like thrown in charge of rebuilding UCLA hockey? No, I actually wasn't. And I'm very thankful that I wasn't because the individual who was has done such a good job that it's like, it's honestly like mind boggling to me. His name is Duke Fishman. He was a freshman my sophomore year when we won that Crosstown Cup and fortunately tore his ACL that year. Or maybe it was his Achilles. I don't know. He'll text me after this and tell me. He took over the team as team president. Once COVID started, like just revitalized the program completely. Got us new uniforms, moved to a new rank. We got some, we got new coaching staff in there. We had a guy who graduated named Griffin McCarty, whose father was actually uh, Darren McCarty uh, from the Red Wings back in the, that, the late 90s when they won those cups. 
Uh, so he went to UCLA, he graduated, became the head coach. Uh, we had an assistant coach named Sean Allen from Hamilton College come out. Um, so the combination of those three, I lend my support where I can. They just come, they turned the program around and Kobe kind of helped us in the sense that we had like a kind of a backlog of guys who came in and wanted to play hockey. My senior year, we kind of just hit the ground running and we had a really good team, which I think is something that it's pretty crucial to turning any ACHA program around, you know, one or two years of solid recruits. We had a really good recruiting class. Uh, we had some fresh New Jerseys. We loaded the schedule up a little bit with, I'm not saying we took easy games, but we definitely put some easy games on the schedule to get some confidence on it. All the boys did a couple of trips, flew around the country a little bit to kind of put the, put the feelers out there and the name out there. Like, hey, like, we can come play. You know, we're not, we're not some push around team out in Los Angeles anymore. And actually made it to regionals, kind of like Ole Miss did that, you know, Brady's first year there. And um, it was just a great year and got, you know, hats off to Duke who is still really involved team and the coaches Griffin and Sean and all the boys that year, they were like really did something special for the program. Is Duke responsible for the new jerseys? Because I think I'm glad you brought it up. Like that might've been the, the spark you guys needed. I honestly think it was. I think we went out there and we were like, we look really good. We have to win now. Yeah. So he, he designed those. I think we finally got like the correct color coach from the athletic department. So we were actually able to get like matching stuff. Yeah. That was all him. At UCLA and I would throw Oregon in the mix too. It's like anytime we post a picture of those jerseys, like people just go nuts. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good marketing tool for sure. It's an, it's a really easy brand to sell. You mentioned flying a couple times. Where did you guys go? So we went to Colorado twice. For those are the big the big ones. We fly to Washington every year to play uh, Eastern and Western Washington up there. And I think every other year we fly to like San Jose play Cal and uh, San Jose State. Uh, my senior year, uh, on really short notice, we got invited to the Big Mountain Hockey Classic. Um, and I think it's hosted by MSU Denver. I think it's in Denver at the Apex Ice something. But that was our first time, for me at least in college, that we got to play like, actually like, you know, some pretty legit teams. We ended up at the first showcase playing like CSU. Played some, we played some really good teams. We won three of the four games. We played Oregon there too. We lost. The only time I ever played Oregon, we lost them. And it stinks, stinks to this day. Hats off to Duke and Griffin and Sean for, you know, helping set that trip up on really short notice. But that was huge for us in terms of just confidence and being able to play against high quality teams and uh, just, you know, believing in ourselves that, hey, like, we can make something special out of this season. So at that point, I think we were like 15 and one. So we were like, all right, like we have some, you know, legit chances here to go out of our league into regionals and make our run here. Well, just like uh, having good set of jerseys is needed for style. I do have to give you boys credit because if you're going to have Zegris on the back of your jersey, you got to have good style. And you guys deserve max props for rocking the 4500s in this day and age. You, you can't go wrong with the Bauer Classic. No, it's a, it's mandatory. It's mandatory. Nothing is grittier than than Brady with his mullet, his Ole Miss jersey, <laughs> and his Bauer 4500 helmet. I never, I never used to rock that, and then I came in to the program as a freshman and they're like boys like this is what we wear here <laughs> they're like this is the type of hockey we play like and so we all got for it we bought into it you know it was a big thing was buying into the program and so we bought in rocked the 4500s no ear guards no j hooks oh i wear the j hooks brady i don't know about it. that's kind of crazy maybe i did have j hooks for a little bit there i think by the by the end of my four years when I was kind of on the way out not really playing anymore i think i took the j hooks off called it a day in practice I don't know, dude, the picture of you that I think, Mac, I think you guys posted of Brady stopping with the full muzzy and the mullet. I can see it now. Oh, yeah, yeah dude. That's so just the same picture ever. Yeah, that was for our media day. I mean, I was driving up with some of the guys. We all stopped and got mullets together. Had a couple other guys on the team, you know, do some funky stuff to their hair. You know, just trying to have a couple laughs. Looked really, looked really menacing for the pictures. I, th I think we all looked more goofy than anything, though. I mean, it was it was good. Picture picture got around a lot. I think it's what Greece ice hockey used too. I mean, we're looking, looking real greasy. They're getting their money's worth, getting a lot of clicks out of that photo. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Billy. I wanted to. Uh, you you mentioned you had a story from LMU's senior night, and I think I'm looking. Do you, do you have a buddy on that team too? Yeah, one of my best friends, uh, Matt Sedgwick. He went to Berkshire with me. He played played for LMU all four years. When COVID happened, he actually moved in with me in my frat house at UCLA. Like he knows all my buddies at UCLA too. Just uh, 
great dude. I never liked playing out with you. I mean, the Crosstown Rivals, but you know, love, love that guy. So what was that like balancing being in a, in a fraternity and playing hockey? I know UCLA, like that's probably more of more normal of a balance to make, right? Yeah. It wasn't that hard. Uh, most of the guys in the team were in fraternities just because like at, at UCLA, like, you know, we, we had, we were on the one practice a week diet, which, you know, is tough for a program, you know, trying to get better, but uh, we practiced on Wednesday nights and that was it. So in season really, you had to take care of yourself on the weekends, kind of could do whatever you want on the weekdays. Like, parties were on thursday night so you had practice the night before and you had a whole day of rest before you played a game there we go i like that the one one practice a week diet brady talk to us a little bit about playing in the south like who who were some of your favorite teams to play against favorite places to play because i don't know if you got to experience this but i know a lot of the teams down there try to coordinate their schedules with the football team schedules did you have any experience with that yeah, absolutely. Obviously, being in the SEC, it just means more, I guess, you know, and the football isn't something we take very seriously. So we wouldn't schedule uh, any games during our home football games. That was something that we made sure of every year. You know, if we did have a home football game uh, and we did have to have a hockey game as well, we would either try to get that moved or do it on a Friday and a Sunday instead so we could watch the game still. I mean, there there were a lot of interesting places to go. My personal favorite is probably Georgia, just because Athens is such a cool town. Going to Sanford, they've got that cool little outdoor rink they're doing. Plus, they're getting I think they're getting their own rink this year. Uh, maybe it's next year. I'm not I'm not entirely sure, but that'll be huge for the program. Something I'm very jealous of. Wish we had something like that at Ole Miss. I'm sure I'm sure every club guy will say that though. That's a huge advantage to have. Alabama was always fun. Uh, just because going to Tuscaloosa is cool. I'm, they're kind of in the same situation, though, where their rink's an hour away. Not really an hour, but same same idea. It's kind of the whole thing. Going all these away away games kind of gave me the ability to go visit all these other schools. It's just a lot of fun to be able to do in my four years. Uh, go to a lot of different states that I didn't expect to. Catch a couple football games. I remember uh, my junior year when we went out to play Tennessee. That's when we um, had the, the football game at the same time. When uh, Kiffin was having all the trash thrown out, hanging the golf balls and stuff. So we were all there at the stadium before the night before our game, you know, watching. I mean, stuff like that that I feel like I wouldn't normally be doing. That was going to be my next question is like, what what was your favorite game? But you were there for the, the, what was it, the mustard bottle? The iconic photo of the mustard bottle on the field? Yeah, with the mustard bottle. Yeah. I mean, our coach made us leave our early. So we were all sitting on the bus watching it on the TVs instead. It was still cool being in Tennessee when that happened. And it's fun playing those guys too. They play out of a uh, out of some minor hockey league stadium, so they got like whole all these lasers and stuff going when they're playing. So that, that's always fun. Billy, what were some of your favorite places to go and play on the road? Oh, I hate to say because I hated flying up there, but we used to play Eastern Washington, and man, they have an amazing barn. Yeah, it's on campus. It's like a university building, and they packed that place. My freshman year, we played there first game of the season, and I went out there. And they had, like Brady said, Tennessee, they had lasers and like a flamethrower and the place was packed and loud. And I was like, what the hell? I was like, I thought this was club hockey. Like, geez. Yeah, but that was always a fun trip. That's a cool spot too. Cause I always think it's cool. Like a lot of, you know, most teams that have rinks on campus probably have a varsity team too. But I think it's so cool when you see schools like that, that just have a rec center where they get to play. Yeah, no, it was great. And they, they take it, uh, the club hockey really seriously up there. They have a great, I think his name is Travis Allen. He runs the program. Like they just run it so well and they treat the, they treat the opposing teams really well too. Like locker room, the whole weekend, you know, hotel discounts, transportation to and from the rink. Like they take you out after the game, feed you pizza. So nothing but good things to say about Eastern Washington and, and that barn up there. Oh, that was like a free plug right there. They might have that might have been a free ad for Eastern Washington, a recruiting a recruiting <laughs> video right there. Yeah, there you go. If you can imagine what about Eastern Washington, like club hockey, there you go. Billy, you put on your, your notes like you got to participate in the NHL twenty three cover shoot. What was that about? Yeah, my uh, senior year last year was going on spring break. I was supposed to go to Mexico. Times were a little tough financially. Mexico trip was a little pricey and. I actually got an email from my assist, one of our assistant coaches at UCLA. He sent me an email or forwarded it to me, and they were like, yeah, we're looking for a stand-in for Trevor Zegras for the NHL 23 cover shoot. And I was like, I think I could do this. You know, I think I'd be a pretty good stand-in. And it was in Anaheim, so it was only 45 minutes away from where I was, I was in Los Angeles. And me and my girlfriend ended up, she has a place in Palm Springs. 
Um, we ended up going there for spring break. I drove back for a day and got to stand in and it was, it was pretty, pretty cool. Like the production, you know, got all, got all the swag. Uh, I got a lot of pictures of myself taken, uh, which is great because I'm a class A narcissist. So I have all those on my phone. And then, yeah, I went on to a nice dinner with Trev afterwards and uh, it was just a really cool experience to be a part of, you know, see how that gets made and get a little inside scoop on the cover shoot before anyone else knew. I mean, they must have known when they like got your name, but like, did they know that you were related to Trev? Yeah. When I emailed them, I was like, I emailed them. I was like, Hey, like, I am actually legitimately Trevor's cousin. I do play hockey and we do look very alike. And I live 45 minutes away. Like, do you want to give me 1500 bucks for two days of work? I'd be happy to do it. Did the boys miss you in Mexico? I'm sure they had a great time. We had a, we had a really good spring. We had other chips going, going on for us. So there we go. Well, Brady, I'll, I'll, I'll start with you, but like looking back, Ole Miss hockey, like who are some of the biggest beauties that you got to play with as a rebel? Oh, I mean, right off the top of my noggin, back to my freshman year, our, our captain and our president at the time, Braden Storner. You all called him Bruce, not too sure why. He's the GOAT for sure. Uh, Brucey set the club record for points. I think it was like 127 or something. Led us through a lot of tough, tough battles, all while being the president, having to deal with uh, the university, all the red tape. You know, I'm not sure how it went at UCLA and wherever you went, but you know, club sports always liked putting putting us through hoops whenever it came to anything. So, you know, I just have a lot of respect for him always being the guy to deal with that while being the team leader too. I mean, Cole Chatham, another he was another one of those seniors when I was a freshman. I was just always there. 23, Quinn Pichelle. He was a uh, freshman when I came in. That kid was, uh, he's nasty. I mean, he was from Alabama or Kentucky or something. When I first met him, I was like, there's no way a kid like that can, can rip pill. You know, he's from, he's from Alabama. Like, what do they what do they even play growing up? But, you know, he could rip. Um, he led the team. He led the team for a while. Bruce had a little brother, Connor. We all called him Russ. I don't know why we called him that either, but he was just as good as his older brother. Came along, he was captain, but all these guys were just, just gross. I mean, people from all walks of life. I mean, also also showed me how much of a Ole Miss was a was a St. Louis place because a lot of these guys are from St. Louis for some reason. I don't know. I don't know what the pipeline is, but there's a pipeline there. I forgot to mention too. Like you guys got a fresh new pair of powder blue jerseys. What do you rate those on a scale of one to ten? Oh, I love them. I'm just I'm bummed I never got a chance to play in them. I was I was out by then, but I still got my jersey. I like the like the rocket. I love them. I mean, I'm still a big fan of our of our reds. I think those are our best, but I'd, I'd rate the blue ones like an eight out of ten, nine out of ten. I mean, it took us long enough to get them. I, I just could have sworn we were working on them since 2019, but I mean, probably longer with all the other guys. But I mean, that's just how it works sometimes. Uh, I think with Ole Miss, kind of the football team, the baseball team, I mean, we got a lot of stuff we can work with, so maybe we'll get a few more coming. Billy, looking back at, on you, your time with UCLA hockey, what, what's your favorite memory? Yeah, it's got to be going to regionals, I think. Our senior year, it just, it just meant a lot to go through your whole life playing hockey and then go playing club and have a few disappointing years. Then you know, finally, at the end of the road, senior year, you get to play some meaningful games. It really meant a lot to me You know that we had the guys – I mentioned before, you know, who rebuilt the team kind of coming out of COVID and all the guys who, you know, stuck through it the entire season coming out of COVID too, because I know that wasn't easy and just be able to make the regionals to play meaningful hockey, even though we didn't get the job done in the end. It was a good send off, you know, mentally and very proud of that team that year. And uh, they made it back there again this year. So, you know, some really good momentum uh, with the club and, you know, it's good to have a, at least a little bit of a legacy, you know, to see the boys still uh, doing well. And you get to suit up the skates here pretty soon in August. What are you what are you most looking forward to suiting up for the Greek Heritage team in the Latam Cup? Oh my god. It's gonna be I think it's gonna be a gong show, honestly. Again, it's great to play meaningful hockey. I really wanna win. I think it'd just be awesome, even though it's not like an IIHF sanctioned tournament or anything. The Latam Cup. I'm just excited to play some meaningful hockey, represent, you know, the the homeland of my my family and my father's side in Greece and um Meet, meet the boys in person too. It's going to be a fun time. I don't know about it being a gong show. Look, looks like a team Greece got a little torn up in Montreal there at that tournament against Lebanon. Might see some serious competition from like El Salvador or someone. I hope we do. So we're, we're playing Mexico, Argentina, and Lebanon again. So I don't know. I've seen pictures of past tournaments and they, they pack those barns, some of these teams. Um, excited for it to get pretty loud. Yeah, the pigs are going to be pretty sweet in the in the Hellas jerseys. Are you going to be rocking a visor for this tourney? I'm undecided. I have it, but I'm not sure it's worth it. 
If that makes you sound soft, fine. I'm soft, but I'm my white cage. Can we rock it with the 4500 still? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I only have a blue one, and I think we're wearing white helmets, so I just think I have like a new React. But yeah, like, I work a full-time job now, and I'm really trying to lose some teeth and have to explain that in the office when I get that. We're, we're going to take your sty card for the four years of wearing a 4500 in college. Cool. I know. It was, I mean... If we wear if we rock blue blue helmets, I'll definitely wear the forty five hundred. But I don't. It, it's gonna be hard to go out and find a, a white forty five hundred on such a short notice. You got like back order those things these days. Yeah, they're like only a couple of years ahead of the Jofa at this point. Probably fine. We're gonna play it again, sports or something. Sitting on the shelves. Yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta dig long enough. We'll find it. Well, boys, thank you so much for for joining us this week. This was awesome. I'm, I'm glad we could uh, relink after a couple of years. That's crazy to think that you guys were watching the nhl bubble when we last reached out to have you guys on the pod but i'm glad we made it work yeah time flies thanks for having us mac it's real fun it's been awesome seeing the hockey house grow too definitely not the account it was you know three years ago lots of new stuff i mean i've been loving loving watching it didn't know what i'd expect when the account first came around but you guys have done a good job that's a good way of putting it brady we were just we you guys were too famous we had to wait a couple years to get you guys back on (laughs) Oh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what was going on back then, but yeah, we've cleaned it up. It's a lot easier to run the account now that like teams are actually playing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, there was a whole lot of nothing going on for a while. Not really wanted to do anything, just kind of existing. Exactly. Well, we're, we're glad things are back to normal. And uh, Billy, best of luck representing the the homeland. Thank you, Mac. Thank you. Hopefully, we can uh, bring home some hardware here. Thanks to the Zegers boys for coming on this week and sharing their coast-to-coast insights from the UCLA Bruins and Old Miss Rebels. And now joining us in the back half of the podcast is your host, Mackenzie Murphy. Murph had a little bit of an extended weighted dinner tonight with the Bruins for his food. Uh, we got to get a full Yelp-style review on how everything was tonight. Yeah, it's, it's great to be here. Was really hoping that you guys ran long on the intro so that I could hop on for the second half and I didn't have to miss the full episode. But I've been here all summer long living on Staten Island with the Barone family. It has been nothing but great things. But this weekend, my girlfriend Megan visited and she was like, have you gone out to like an Italian dinner with them? And I was like, no, I actually haven't. And I only have at this point one week left here. And so I was really hoping we'd get one of these. And then sure enough, I got a text from Vin when he got home and hey we're going out to dinner like be ready at seven cool what do I wear he's like I'm just wearing jeans and a t-shirt we go it is this amazing villa restaurant old school like overlooking New York City it's on like a ledge in Staten Island you would have thought we were in Italy like the view was amazing the vibes were great and I just I've never gone out to like a full-scale Italian restaurant like that it, it honestly felt more like a club than a restaurant. The food took a while, but it was like, you know, the appetizers come out first, like plenty of appetizers, plenty of drinks, got the meal, had a cappuccino for dessert. It was awesome. It was amazing. It was everything I wanted. Great view of Brooklyn, which was good. And then the moon tonight, I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to see the moon. It's red, which was cool. It's like a full moon. It's red. Maybe when we're done recording, go take a look. But it, it came out of nowhere. And uh, so that was really cool too. And yeah, it's like Herm, it's a Utica Comets moon. I don't know. You could get, got to get that on the social that the, the, the Comets have sponsored the moon. Look, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'll get my astrophotography going, but uh, we're going to kick it over to a little bit of a history lesson this week because Murph went down a little bit of a rabbit hole looking into uh, 90s ACHA history and that's with Life University. Yeah. So 90s ACHA history lesson here. You know, we've been doing the series where we post the history of the ACHA and, and previous national champions because like a lot of the programs that we think of today weren't as relevant back in the 90s, the early 2000s. And a lot of the times there's some schools that like Life University that we don't talk about anymore. It's like, what what happened to these schools? Why were they so good at ACHA hockey in the early days of the ACHA? And so when the ACHA first started, it was ACHA Division One and ACHA Division Two. There were just the men's, and it started in 1992. So Toledo wins the first one. We go Toledo, Buffalo State, Ferris State, Colorado State, Western Michigan. From 1997 to 2002, Life University in Georgia wins five of six. They do a three-peat. They lose to Miami in the 2000 National Championship game, and then they win two more, and then they drop off the face of the earth. So I go exploring what happened to Life University. 
come to find out, I gotta I gotta find the name of the town in Georgia, Marietta, Georgia. It is a chiropractor school. So the reason that they were so good at ACHA hockey is all of these kids from Canadian universities would play four years in U sports. When they graduated, they were coming down to the States to go to chiropractor school for their fifth year. At the time, technology was not as good. I would imagine Elite Prospects was not around, or if it was around, it wasn't as accurate as it is today. We got a message from Jim Martin, who is the coach at Michigan State. He's been on the podcast before, does a lot of work for ACHA Men's too. And he said at the time, the ACHA rules didn't run the clock on Canadian University varsity players. So they could play four years of varsity in Canada and still have five years of ACHA eligibility. Life was a chiropractor school, so a lot of Canadians attended and played. In 2001, the ACHA passed a rule that Canada varsity would be the same as NCAA for eligibility, meaning that if you played NCAA or Canadian varsity, you would be ineligible for the ACHA. Coincidentally, around that same time, Life University lost their accreditation and canceled all athletics. So just like that, snap of the fingers, Life University dropped off the face of the earth. I went back and it looks like in 2011, maybe closer to 2014, 2015, they had a team for a little bit and you can find some YouTube footage of it, but the jerseys are hilarious. They just say life on the front of it. Like they're sponsored by the game of life or the serial life. It is just amazing to me that they were this dominant force. And then the ACHA finally was like, wait a second, why do these guys win it every year? And it turns out they had a lot of guys coming down from Canada and using their eligibility to keep playing hockey here. So I'm glad that the ACHA figured it out and and Life University isn't dominating, but I would love to see them come back. Uh, This is from Liam Gormley. He said they still have a team and they actually play in a men's league at the Atlanta Ice House. They still are playing, just not at the club hockey level. Look, I don't know. Hockey House says some necromancer powers when you play that Meek Mill song. Scary things happen. You know, it, it worked for LSU. There was a little bit of voodoo down south. Maybe we get the Life University highlights on the feed and magically an account pops up that says, you know what, we're back. So who knows? I just want to know, are they, might, are they dominating this men's league in Atlanta because it's all guys who played in Canada and they come down for chiropractor school? Like, are there no chiropractor schools in Canada? We, I, I have more questions than answers about Life University. They went on a really good run. Um, and then a lot of familiar names. You know, we Oakland wins one in 2004. They go back and forth with Michigan State. Davenport gets a three-peat. And then it's kind of Florida Gulf Coast, NYU territory. And then we get to the U-Mary repeat and UMass. So there's been a lot of national championships in ACHA Division II, but there's only been 15 teams that have won a national championship. So I'm curious, will we get a new winner this year? U-Mary's out of the equation. Can UMass repeat? Florida Gulf Coast feels like they're knocking at the door every year. So that was a fun graphic to make. There was a lot of a lot of cool things, and we and we learned something about Life University. Look, you know what they say, life always seems to throw curveballs. I, I don't know. Question of the week this week is, what's your favorite summer song? We're getting into August. Uh, it feels like we're into the tail end of summer right now. I don't know. Uh, I have one that's on my mind, but Fitzy, I'm going to throw it over to you, so Murph can get a little bit of time to think on this one. What's your call on this? Depending which avenue I was going to go here, I th- I'm a big rock and roll guy. Country seemed like two of like a low-hanging fruit, so I didn't go that route either. Um, I'm going to say The Nights by Avicii. Big big Avicii fan. Um, I mean, that's not just a summer song. You can play it whenever you want. But I feel like in the summer, when the vibes are good, that just even makes you a little more happier. Um, it always just, you know, puts a smile on my face and makes me want to go out into the world and, and do some good and have fun. My summer playlist has strictly been Morgan Wallen and Noah Khan for the summer. We're getting a lot of, which is like sad boy hours with Noah Khan. Like maybe that's just like the homesickness from being away from the Northeast. But I, I've been big on the Morgan Wallen. Uh, 98 Braves is my favorite one. That's not really like a summer song. Like Fitzy said, like it, it feels kind of basic to say country, but I'm a big time like nothing better than just like relaxing and playing country music. You don't really have to worry about what you're playing. If you got a good enough playlist going with some country, I've been listening to a little bit of Zach Bryan. Now revival has been my one that I've been listening to on repeat. feels like every day I'm big on like the, if you like a song and you listen to it every day, I'll like download the on Spotify. You can do like the make, make a radio 
with songs similar and that's how I kind of find my new music. So like if you're like me and you listen to the same four songs every day, it's nice. You get a little bit of a variety there. Yeah. I'm big on the, the, the country music during the summer. I'm going to have to try that feature. I didn't know that existed. Oh, it's so good too, because like, like, like I, I was big, especially in school. Like I would just listen to my five most recent songs that I liked on Spotify and just like listen to that on the walk to class every day. And so that's how you get in like the 0.1% of Spotify users and your yearly wrapped. That's my go-to, especially if you're on Ox too. If you're on Ox and you play a song and people love it, that's what you got to do. You got to go find more similar songs to what you just played. So it's a real lifesaver. And that I don't know if Apple Music has that feature. I, I'm a big time Spotify guy. Her, well, what's your song of the summer? Oh, shoot. I, I skipped over myself. Um, I don't know if it's overplayed at this point, just because it feels like it's gained prominence in the last couple of years. But The Spins by Mac Miller is just an all-time classic. I don't know if it's just a year-round thing. It just feels like it hits different in the summer. Spins for me was like that first day in college when the snow melts and it's warm. It, feel, it feels like every house is playing the spins. Like we're all on the same page. Like when you hear spins, it's like it's springtime. It's warm weather. Everyone's having a good time. So I, I think that's a really good pick for summer. Picking up pucks this week, I got freaking Regan official. He just does different Hispanic pronunciations of different things. His one of the NHL teams is hilarious. It just reminds me of some friends back home in, in New Rochelle. Dude just has me in stitches every single time I see one of his clips. I got to watch more of those. I only see it when it when it pops up in our group chat, but I, I got to get on that train. I'm trying to think. I saw something earlier in the week, and I was like, that's... That's going to be my picking up pucks for the week. Did we? Did you guys talk about the Iowa State pep band earlier? We did not. Oh, my God. We didn't even put it in the notes. That's my picking up pucks is this year I want to see more bands. We, we had the Syracuse band for senior weekend. They were rocking the place. I was worried. I was like, wow, we're going to bring the band to the game and watch. Like We'll probably get shut out and they won't get to play the fight song and then we score on the first shift and I was like oh my gosh this is so sick and the band was rocking we were talking with the Iowa State pep band and we wanted to post some of their videos and they were they look like they have a blast at games and especially in at our level and there's a lot of schools out there who who don't get a lot of fans if you're trying to get more fans at your game invite the pep band like they're always looking for places to play they get into it like we we were like, are they going to know when to play and what to do? And like, they picked it up right off the bat. They were doing chants. Iowa State is no different. So that that's that'll be my picking up pucks is more bands than the ACA. George Mason, I know Collins always talks about the Mean Green Band. I was watching clips of them today because they were commenting on our post and the Midnight Ice Band at Kentucky, two fits. Were they there when you played at Kentucky? Yeah, they were. Uh, it was pretty annoying. That and the big train horn. Yeah, and, and Robert Morris, because they didn't have NCAA hockey, I think the band was going to their ACHA game, so I hope they continue to do that. But more bands in, in ACHA and in AAU college hockey. And that Nick Rare was talking about the aristocrat of bands, like being there for Tennessee State on opening night. So more bands. That's that's all I got to say, more bands. Stony Brook, too. They used to have the band. They never had it when I played there, but a, another school with it. So that's my picking up pucks for the week. I think we need to get a shirt made that just says more bands, Mackenzie Murphy. <laughs> I think if we had a shirt that said, like, Bobby Orr wouldn't have survived the ACHA or something like that, like that that would make, that might be a, a good one. I don't know how, how well uh, – what, what would bring the bands that that I mean that, that'd be more bands yeah that could be a good shirt too i would so wear the bobby or one for like post-game interviews and stuff yeah that'd get a lot of clicks that would be like a good tailgate shirt too so fitzy's fitzy's picking up pucks is uh fitz we're gonna get fitzy in charge of the merch no I, my picking up pucks is gonna be i gotta get in charge of the video game channel um i just finished red dead redemption 2 i never played the first one just went to the second one played the second one now i want to really go back play the first one my brother's had it on xbox 360 so i gotta just go like dive it in the closets to try and find it yeah uh if anyone's got video game suggestions i i need to need some games to play i'm, I'm looking at the looking for some more story-based games to play I'm, I'm pretty bored now we'll we'll field any recommendations in the dms if we get them i would i'd be so in to get well i i haven't played nhl in so long is it is it hut is it ea eas yeah, E-A-S-H-L. Yeah, sorry. I, I just think Eshel and like ACHA hockey because my brain is just programmed to think like that. Some A hut team or something of all 
I mean, you wouldn't be able to do it with every guest that you have on each week, but like they play one of us in NHL or something at some point, and you could do a lot of a lot of different stuff with it, not just NHL. I mean, we could play other games. Yeah, I'm all for it. I'm pumped for Iowa State being back. That's that's just good for the ACHA. I know I didn't I didn't get to give my two cents on that in the in the first half, but more bands back, more teams back. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. The CSCHL was just in shambles, and it's good to see it. Maybe down the road we'll be back together. Yeah, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll, we didn't expect to do an episode this week. We thought we were going to take it off. I will be moving back next week, so we'll take next week off. We'll go from there, and, and at that point, it's like full steam ahead into the season. We've gotten through July. August is the time of year. Everyone's wrapping up the internships. They're moving back into their their college apartments and getting ready and starting to skate a little bit more. We've had some prospect skates, and I saw Arizona State posted they've got the conditioning skates coming up, so that's a, a nice way of saying captain skates. So very excited for the hockey to come, and, and we can't wait to bring it to you. And as always, you can follow along at Hockey House Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, and YouTube now. Did we talk about that, Herm? YouTube. We're psyched to be on YouTube all the content you want. We're doing YouTube shorts for now. We're hoping to get podcast clips up as soon as possible. we got some very big things planned for our YouTube channel. So thank you so much, and we'll see you guys next week. See you soon, boys. Yeah.